Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. We are tonight's entertainment. Welcome to the Discerning Gamer Podcast. Your premium destination for all things gaming culture. We have the latest in gaming news, reviews of the hottest new games, discussion and analysis of the games of yesteryear. When you're short on time and need your gaming fix, look no further than the crew who know their master chief from their master sword. I love Halo. Your hosts, Joel, Simon, Casey, and Ferg. So toss a coin to your Witcher and answer that call of duty. It's time to level up. This is the Discerning Gamer Podcast. Oh, yes, it is. And we're back again, uh, assaulting your ear holes for another week. Uh, I am Joel, <laughs> JB Fury, Bo Shane. It's a pleasure to be here. And with me, as always, we've got the DG crew, starting with the PC gamer, the Sultan of Steam. Grasping, grasping his hard-earned cash, just waiting to hand it over to Valve in exchange for a Steam Dick. It's <laughs> Fergus Fergamon Hamilton. Welcome to the show, Fergus. Oh, JB, thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm actually thinking about relocating to New Zealand just so I can refer to it as the Steam Dick rather than the Steam Dick. <laughs> yes, uh, well. Bazinga. Uh, next, we have the gaming chef, the Earl of Emotional Damage. He's forked out the required $12.08 for a Wumper pizza and is still hungry for more. It's Simon Steely McLaughlin. Welcome to the show, Steely. Oh, thanks, Joel. You can never have enough pizza, in my opinion, even if it does have Wumper fruit on it, which sounds like a pineapple nightmare. Well, <laughs> a pineapple oh, nightmare. Here we go again. Yes. All right. Uh, pineapple nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, we've also got the Nintendo Queen already on her journey to earn enough points on PlayStation Stars to buy a digital pink monkey diorama collectible. It's... Uh... <laughs> Sorry, that's that's probably uh, a little bit cryptic, but uh, anyway, it's uh, Pistol Pete herself. Casey C-Mac McLaughlin. Welcome to the show, C-Mac. Thanks, Joel. Is that, is that a real collectible, is it? From... It certainly is. It's oh, certainly well, thanks is. for doing your homework. That was great. I won a T-Rex the other day, and I was all like, yeah, I don't care about this. <laughs> it's working. Yeah, no, I, I haven't won any uh, collectibles or, or uh, claimed any points uh, because I couldn't be fucked, and I'd rather play <laughs> the games, which is the whole reason I bought the thing. So, yeah. Uh, Anyway, uh, kicking off this week, I wanted to cover a game I've been seeing all around the internet and especially uh, on TikTok, and it's by developer EBB Software. Uh, it's a game for Microsoft Windows and Xbox Series S and X, so unfortunately uh, for us uh, PlayStation people, we won't be uh, seeing that on PS5 or PS4 anytime soon. It's a first-person biopunk survival horror adventure game called Scorn. It was released on the 14th of October, so as of uh, our recording date today, it's only a week old, um, and it's been getting streamed by people all across social media, predominantly because it's really gross and gory. Uh, the player controls a humanoid lost in a nightmarish world filled with odd creatures and living Techno-organic structures composed of machines, flesh, and bone. 
Over the course of the game, they must explore different interconnected regions in a non-linear fashion, searching for answers that will explain more about the game's world. Uh, Mm. Gameplay is primarily split between exploration and combat. Uh, Exploration also involves uh, occasional environmental puzzles to progress. Um, For combat, the game presents uh, various uh, biomechanical weapons that all attach to a modular base. Uh, To utilise a specific weapon, the player character must remove the current weapon from the base and replace it with another. Uh, The game only features four weapons, uh, a melee weapon similar to a pneumatic drill, which can be also used to power uh, machinery at specific points. You get a pistol-like weapon, which can be used for sort of picking off uh, accurate shots at things. Uh, You get a shotgun-like weapon, which has uh, high damage at close range, but a low ammo capacity. And an implosive grenade launcher, mostly used for environmental destruction in the context of puzzles. Uh, So one scene I watched on YouTube in a compilation video of Scorn's most disturbing moments, and I'd encourage not only the DG crew to watch that video, but uh, also uh, uh, any of our listeners out there who... uh, aren't uh, squeamish um it uh, saw the player who was already holding in his intestines mm. step into a machine <laughs> which locks in their arms legs <clears throat> and a sucking device which attaches to the player's red raw penis uh, <laughs> now i will say when i say it attaches to the player's penis it's you, the in-game character it's not oh, uh, uh, there, there is no some real immersion. Yeah, there's oh. there's no uh, physical device that attaches to the player's penis. I didn't realise that Xbox was getting involved in VR in such a heavy way. Yeah, <laughs> well, they've, uh, they've got to have something to take on the PSVR two, I suppose. Uh, but anyway, uh, so your player in game, he's got this uh, this device attached to his penis. Uh, a uh, before basically becoming completely disemboweled by a creature and having his brain removed uh, by something resembling the Grim Reaper, like a skull face with no eyes in the sockets. Um, so that's uh, that's what I saw. Um, You're encouraging us to watch that. Yes, I guess you could uh, say that's a uh, pineapple nightmare, isn't it, JB? Well, uh, you could say that, uh, or you could... Pineapple yep. uh... nightmare. I don't know about. No, I just came up with it oh, at the okay. start of the show, and it's going to be my running game. Uh, nice one, uh, Steely. Will uh, that can uh... pass into the ass? Uh, so, Scorn has a score of seventy-one on Metacritic. Um, has a user score of six point seven. Now, uh, Liana Hafer from IGN describes the gameplay experience like this. So. Just uh, just uh, close your eyes for a second and just picture what I'm about to describe to you. Um, imagine if you had to stick your hands into a sink full of dirty, putrid-smelling water to fish around for clues to a mystery. You keep pulling out weirder and more confusing stuff and you really don't want to go back in again, but what you've found so far makes you extremely curious about what other secrets may be hiding in there. Hmm. <laughs> you, wait, is that the um, is that the review for Gotham Knights or for Storm? Well, hang on a second. <laughs> Emotional damage. <laughs> we, we haven't got there yet, but uh, we'll we'll get to Gotham Knights. Don't you worry. Um, now, 
just to just to cap oh. off uh, the the experience for score. Now I, I understand uh, podcasting is a is an audio medium, so you, you'll have to use your imagination for what I'm about to play for you. But there's a a streamer on TikTok. Her name's Carla Flower, and uh, she streamed a, a little scene from the game. Now, uh, to set the stage, uh, the player is is pushing around a trolley and on it is this egg-shaped cocoon that has uh, what appears to be a person sort of stuck inside and you can only see oh. part of his face and a couple <laughs> of his arms poking out and he's sort of mumbling and trying to get free and he's really struggling and there's a bit where, where you sort of push him into a room and that little egg cocoon pod thing gets loaded into a into a chair that's got a giant scoop at the top that looks like a giant ice cream scoop and uh so uh, i'll i'll play the clip for you and uh and then uh, we'll we'll go from there that's a cute cozy little seat for you never mind the scoopy thing so the scoop's now maneuvering into position <laughs> and the person's been scooped out of the chair and disemboweled in the process. Uh, it'll be fine. It'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> so as it scoops him, like his arms come off and his legs come off and... Basically, the scoop just destroys the the person trapped in this little cocoon, and that girl's face just is is worth a million dollars. She's just got this look of horror on her face as, it, as the scoop is just scooping this dude out of his little cocoon. So, uh, uh, yeah, really, really cool looking game. Um, you one, know, it's, one for the kids. By the uh, sounds of yeah, it. yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm sure some kids will be into it, but. Uh, it's not yeah. Mario. <laughs> but uh yeah, definitely definitely go and have a look at uh the uh, the video on YouTube, uh the compilation of Scorn's most disturbing moments. We might even uh, put a link to that on the Discerning Gamer Instagram uh just to uh make it a bit easier for for any listeners of the podcast. Make sure no one misses it. Yeah, you don't want to miss this one. It's uh <laughs> absolutely horrifying. He's so, got a few uh, good reactions out of you, C-Mac. You're not going to rush off and buy an Xbox to uh, play this one? No, I'm just having a really quick look at the moment, and I don't like... I don't want to see it again. I, you know, I hate to put... I'm only you... a couple seconds in, and I'm done. I, uh, I hate to put you on the spot, C-Mac, but I... I know that I would personally love to see a reaction video of you watching that that clip on YouTube of the most disturbing moments of Scorn. Uh, I don't know if that's uh, if that's a possibility, but uh, geez, that'd make good content for the old uh, the old podcast <laughs> take Instagram. A face. Take a photo off my face right now. It's just Casey just looks like the, it's, a, it's for everyone playing at home. Casey just looks like she smelt a really bad pop off. <laughs> Well, a really bad pop off, everyone. And this is uh, it's as if she's looking at a pineapple nightmare. She's got no skin on. She's walking up with no skin. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it, it's pretty bad. It's pretty bad. Oh, it makes me feel like a bit like a vomit's coming up. Oh, did... <laughs> is that right? Well, 
<laughs> Jesus. Yeah, I'm going to stop looking at that now. Cool. Mm, mm. Yeah, maybe we'll do that. Maybe, well. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. What, was that? what the fuck? <laughs> I did not even know what I was listening to. Uh, JB, JB's going rogue with the sound bites again. Sorry, sorry. That was uh, someone vomiting. Um, anyway, uh, enough about scorn. Let's uh, let's elevate. Let's lift the podcast out of the gutter where it belongs, <clears throat> and uh, I'm going to throw over to you, Ferg, for something that you'd have to say is probably a polar opposite to scorn. So uh, take think, it away. I think so. In in every respect, JB, I think you've hit that one on the head. Um, my news this week. Look, a few weeks ago, we speculated about what EA and Maxis had in store for us at the Sims Summit which has just happened. And this was off the back of the announcement that Sims 4 was going free to play. So we had a discussion about that a few weeks ago. And one of the things we speculated on was that, hey, EA, Maxis, they might actually use this opportunity to finally reveal and tell us all about Sims 5. Mm. And at the time, I think I was very cynical. And I think I said stuff along the lines of, no, and why would they do that now? They're, they're so good at Sims 4 and pumping out overpriced DLC every month. Why at this point would they, you know, announce that they're working on Sims 5? And I'll be dumb. <laughs> I'll be damned, JB. They've gone and done it. They've gone done it. and done it. Now, before I get well. us too excited, uh, it comes with a bit of an asterisk. Sims 5, it's still a long way away. So, you know, oh. I just want to keep a lid on the excitement levels just a little bit. But um, from Jessica Howard... Good friends over at GameSpot, an article I'm going to refer to. So, The Sims 5 is now in development. Here's a first look at its build mode. So, currently titled Project Renee, this new iteration is meant to be reminiscent of words like, words like renewal and represents the team's renewed commitment for The Sims' bright future. So, after eight years of Sims 4, developer Maxis has revealed that the, gener the next generation of The Sims is on its way. Currently titled Project Renee, the new iteration is meant to be reminiscent of words like renewal, re renaissance, and rebirth, and represents the team's renewed commitment for The Sims' bright future. So, Maxis gave us fans a first look at Sims 5 during their October 18th Behind the Sims Summit. Um, during the presentation, the team revealed a few minutes of gameplay, focusing on showing off all of the features coming to the game's build mode, whereas former The Sims games have stuck to a grid-based design system. The next game in the series appears to be ditching that in favour of enabling players to place items just about anywhere they desire. Players will also be able to customise items similarly to how they could in The Sims 3. However, this enhanced build mode doesn't stop at merely changing items' colours and patterns. Players will even be able to adjust the number of cushions that adorn their Sims couch. Whoa. Wow. Wow. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> so, as of right now, the studio has re has not revealed any details on customer character customization, rather, how The Sims 5 will look or its core gameplay. Max has stated that while the game will stay true to what The Sims has always been, The Sims 5 will evolve how Sims think and behave, as well as provide players with even more ways to play, tools to engage creativity creativity and the ability to tell meaningful stories in addition the upcoming game will all will allow players to play solo or collaborate with others and will have Ooh. both cross play and cross progression between consoles so from the yes. start yeah the sims define life 
simulation games and has continued to grow its incredible platform creativity and self-expression, says Sims boss Lindsay Pearson. Today marks the start of our journey over the next few years. Next few years. So we've got a bit of waiting yeah, still to do. As we work on this next game and creative platform to currently titled Project Renee, we are building on the same foundation that made The Sims compelling for generations of players and pushing the boundaries to create new experiences. We will have much more to share as we continue to progress on the game's development and milestones milestones along the way. So, again, like I said at the top, this the other Sims news is that Sims 4, as of the 18th and as of now, is available for free for players to download on PlayStation 4, PlayStation 5, Xbox One, Xbox Series X and S, and PC via Steam, Origin, and the EA app, wow. which is cool if you've never... Uh, played the games before it's a great starting point the sims 4 base game so yes sims 5 eight years on they've confirmed it still going to be a ways away but i think maybe the most exciting part out of the release is this cross-generation cross-platform this multiplayer sort of arc um, which hasn't really been a thing in the sims or hasn't been a thing in the sims to date so being able to play with friends and in the same world where cross-progression is a thing i think is um that's Very probably cool. the most exciting and, mm. yeah, exactly, the coolest thing to come out of the announcements. So, yeah, Sims 5. In the um, in the clips for, for Project uh, Renee as well, uh, I saw <clears throat> they had uh, sort of a PC on the table and then like a phone just in front of it. And when they were making changes on the PC version, they were being reflected in the phone version and then vice versa. Mm. So... Uh, they sort of made a point of saying the version you play on your PC or or console will be the same as what you get on your phone. It won't be like a watered-down version of yeah, the game yeah. um, like um, they have had in the past. So, uh, yeah, it'd be interesting. You want to make sure you've got a pretty pretty flash uh, phone to be running, running all that. <laughs> yeah. I uh, have to... Uh, Upgrade the old iPhone 3G, hey? That's it. Well, by the time <laughs> by the time it comes out, we might be up to iPhone 27 yeah. or something. But I don't know, three years. I mean, they wouldn't be announcing it if it wasn't in the pipeline in the not-too-distant future. So we'll see how that evolves. I mean, the other comment commentary around it, they were sort of saying that they were looking to take on the fan base feedback and stuff like that and use that in the development cycle. So mm. that's always good to hear. How and if they do that or not will be the next thing. So, yeah, yeah we'll see. Time will tell. Yeah. But, yeah. And then, obviously, uh, once uh, C-Mac uh, gets the new version, she'll uh, get the sim to jump in the pool, go for a swim, and then while they're in the pool, give them a bit of... Uh... <laughs> and... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> that'll be the end of it yeah that's it yeah be like take that don't even take a yeah sims 5 now comes with guns yeah so if you yeah. if you dish out the money for guns. the uh, firearms dlc <laughs> yes uh, the, uh, the psychotic uh, game reviewer dlc <laughs> yeah that's it yeah nice oh, one God. what did you think c-mac i know you're a big fan of the series excited yeah keeping a lid on things uh, yeah, I'm, yeah. Well, when I heard in the next couple of years we'll be giving you updates, like years, nah, I don't want that. <laughs> Just tell me when it's like <laughs> coming out next month. I'll be excited then. I don't wait for things. So but no, it looks good. Like I saw, the, I saw them moving like the cushions around. You can like add, change the shape of the couches. But it seems like a lot of anxiety and stress for me, who's a perfectionist in this game, 
I spend the whole time making, just trying to get past making my sim. And mm. once I've, oh God, I've finished their face and their summer outfit and this and this and this, <laughs> and then I'm tired and then the kids wake up. So I'm like, <laughs> one day I'll play the game again. But no, I think um, it looks it looks good the little bit I saw. So, all right, let me, let me put the question out there to the rest of the DG crew. Uh, if nothing was off the table, right, so you could, you could add any single thing to the Sims game, not, not necessarily just to make it better, but just for your own amusement, right? Mm. So say you're, you're a developer on there, they've gone to you, oh, Ferg, come up with an idea and, you know, it, it doesn't even matter if the game's going to get an R rating at the end. What, what are you going to throw at it? <laughs> if I could do anything... And I'm not even going to get that creative. I would take everything they did in The Sims 3 and make that available in The Sims 4. The step from Sims 4 to Sims 3 cut so much stuff that made Sims 3 so great. The ability to just, you know, leave your house and walk anywhere in the world. Bring all that stuff back. One of the things that I would add is what they've announced is being able to play with friends in a multiplayer um, sort of aspect. So the fact that they're doing that is a huge tick. I think that's unbelievable. So this is like you sending your sim over to my sim's house. And yeah, then, and being able to play you and, know, you know, play in the same world with cooking someone Cooking a cake together and then, yeah, you sure. know, letting it go bad and then eating and then the cake with, it to the, your guests. with yeah. the green fumes coming off that's of it. it. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. all that stuff. So take everything that was great in The Sims 3, make it available in The Sims 5. And obviously, one of the big issues with Sims 3 was sort of how it ran. It was a shocker. It was very buggy and slow and clunky, and they sort of fixed that in Sims 4. And I don't know if that was a result of it stripped back so much, but they really knocked that on the head. But I don't know. It's just it's probably more of a content thing more than doing anything different than what they've got. I don't want to pay for 25 different DLCs just to be able to have seasons or have pets. I just wish all that stuff would come in in the base game. Mm. Just you know, just yeah. yeah. I'm asking a lot to reroute their whole uh, business model, but <laughs> I don't know. I think it's more about just getting all the things that they've done to date and done well, and making it available with the ability to play with friends online. And I think it's really cool, like you said. If you doesn't matter whether you're playing on PC, on console, on your phone, it's the same experience. Being able to take that with you on your phone while you're mm. not in front of a computer would be would be cool as well. But how they do that, I don't know. What about you, Simo? What what uh, what feature would you add to The Sims to spice it up, make it a bit more of an exciting playthrough? I'd want it to be. I'd want the simulation factor to go to five hundred, and this is how. What what I'd really love for this game to do is so you can pop in a PC um, in in game with an emulator on it, so you can play literally fucking anything else. <laughs> Yeah. On the emulator on the PC in the Sims world because I couldn't give two licks about this franchise and I couldn't wow. give two licks about moving fucking cushions on my new multi-dimensional couch. You want it you so, want to be able to play it so you can play other games on it. I basically yeah. would like this game to not to have a better game built inside. Oh, it. So we're talking <laughs> Simception. Oh, yeah. Simo wants to play Sims 1 inside Sims 5. Oh, okay. I, I must admit, I'm, I'm not getting the sort of answers that I expected to be I getting. We, we don't have... Oh, okay, a, I want dick and balls. I want boobies. <laughs> I want I want to be able to change the diameter of my Sims bum hole as well. I want to, so, and then I want wow. to be able to actually see them shit. I want to see it coming out of them. <laughs> Okay. Oh, no well, mine, mine was mine was gonna be um 
be nice to sit. <laughs> I don't want to say anymore. It's so boring. <laughs> go on. I think there is a DLC where it's called Go to Work. <laughs> I, I find it. I find it really crap. And you can send your sim to work, and you don't actually get to see them go to work. <laughs> so Casey actually... just wants to wants to go to work and do data entry for eight yeah. hours. You know. <laughs> Just grinding out yeah, the spreadsheets. Some really cool jobs that these people have. Wow. Oh, this can only go fucking well. Uh, that's actually a great idea. They could build that into it. But, yeah, there are, there are a few uh, entry-level jobs, which I don't know how interesting they would be for a long period of time. But oh, go on, Joel. Give us, give us the answer to your own question. If you were involved with the franchise, what would you like to do? Well, you know, all right. So, so the obvious, you know, the obvious jokes are there about, you know, oh, let you know the Sims, you know, get a head job or something like, you know, it'd, it'd be it'd be funny to even if they pixelated it or something, yeah. it would be sort of amusing to to add that into the game. But like an adults version, yeah, yeah. I, I guess so. Maybe you make it a DLC or something, and you put it behind a. Uh, uh, a, a sort of parental yeah. control yeah, yeah. Uh, type yeah, system. Yeah, be the prost- prostitute. Yeah, <laughs> the prostitute add-on pack. Um, no, nah, but um, I, I don't know. Like uh, maybe like because obviously in the Sims in the past, your sim could have like a you could go and become like a master criminal uh, career. Like yeah. Um, like, what what happens if it's meant to simulate like a person's life? What if the person's life you want to simulate is like Jeffrey Dahmer? You want to you yeah. know invite your neighbours yeah. around and you know drug them and then uh, you know cut them up and put them in your freezer or something like yeah uh, you know it, it, just having yeah, a bit more too much scorn too much scorn yeah I mean can oh. you but can you just imagine though being in a a, a community a Sims world. Uh, all of a sudden, one of the the neighbours that you normally go around and visit in this collective world turns up dead. You know, um, you know they've been murdered. The police sims come mm. and start investigating, and you've got to solve the murder mystery or something. You know, mm. like oh, that's so cool. Yeah, yeah this I mean, would be a like, much better game. Like it would just, I don't know. I I just think it would uh, would certainly make it a lot mm. more interesting, and then. You know, once you've murdered someone, you go home and you get a head job from your your neighbour or whatever. You know. like a prostitute. Yeah, you're, you're or, basically. <laughs> there would be a great DLC pack where you can then choose what kind of butt plug you'd like and what colour it is and how big as well for that anal diameter that you get to change now. Because you know, why not? Well, exactly. <laughs> I mean. The, the Sims has been very progressive in including, you know, the idea of, uh, you know, transgendered people and non-traditional uh, relationships, lesbian relationships, gay relationships, all that sort of stuff. I think they, they need to, to take the bull by the horns and, and just continue that that uh, uh, that progression and, and just open it up like just anything goes. You know? Celebrate love, JB. I think that's where you're getting at. Celebrate we'll love, celebrate whatever life. Whatever you choose. You know, you've you got to include all of all of life, the good, the bad, and the ugly, not not just all the shiny bits. I like your idea for this game because it's, it's the Sims, but it's every simulation game ever made in existence smashed into one. Yeah. So if you want to be a, a farmer, 
like farming simulator. Go and do that. You want to be a thief, thief simulator. You've got the option to do all of that within the one game. That'd be incredible. Yeah. It sounds, yeah, that would be... Uh, yeah, you want to be a murderer, you can. Like yeah. Maybe I, I come over to visit your sim one mm. day, Ferg, and... You're sitting there with a with a tourniquet and a needle hanging out your arm, and he's overdosed on uh, heroin or something, you know. And it's like, oh, jeez. And then look out the back. You've got a caravan where you, you know, cooking methamphetamine oh, yeah. in your driveway. I mean, you know, it's. Uh, I just think that there's so much more that they can do with it, and, mm. and I actually feel like if you did have the proper parental controls in place so that only adults were able to access the more adult features, mm. I reckon it would... I'd, I'd, I, I'm telling you right now, I'd buy it mm. oh, yeah, and, and have a look because, mm. like, we're having a good laugh about it now. Mm. You can just imagine, you know, Simon Sims getting a head job, Casey's driving <laughs> around the neighbourhood gunning down other Sims, you know, Ferg's taking drugs and, you know, then uh, hiring hookers. It, it, just, it just sounds like it would be total chaos and mm. in a good way. Mm. Um, so anyway, uh, uh, that's that's my take on uh, Sims Five yeah, Project well, Renee. Well, they're taking feedback from the from the fan base, JB. So hit them up; they might listen. Well, maybe maybe I bloody They'll will listen to the podcast. <clears throat> the balls harden. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, moving on from Sims Five talk, uh, Simon the the. Discussion that uh, we kicked off last week uh, around mm-hmm. Bayonetta three, uh, the the mystery and the 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 whole situation seems to have got a lot mm. more complicated. Uh, do you want to uh, fill us and our listeners in on uh, what's been going on? Yeah, well, have you seen this? Have you heard about this? Um, all week long, this story of Bayonetta and the, the controversy that's been sh- surrounding it and surrounding the. Uh, Voice actor Helena Taylor has been uh, ripe. It's just been happening everywhere. It's been shifting and changing um, since we first spoke about it on the show last week. And I wanted to follow this story because I, I have to tell you, I, I watched um, Helena Taylor's uh, Twitter videos and uh, I just, look, this this is what I have to say about the whole situation. So do you want to give us a so recap? For those of you, yeah. Cheers, mate. For those of you that, that haven't um, been obsessed with this story like I have this week, it appears that there's so much more to this story then obviously that Helena Taylor's really been um, kind of disclosing and that we've been seeing um, Jennifer Hale's response to this, um, obviously taking the high road. And, and I mean, she's legally obligated to say nothing. uh, The actor that's now playing Bayonetta. Um, She's obviously legally obligated not to say anything, but um, she's been retweeting others opinions, which obviously is, is not her breaking her NDAs and things like that, um, which shows that perhaps we are, Looking, what we're looking at here is just a, a bit of a bitter breakup. So, yeah. I mean, it's it's um, getting ugly, isn't it? Yeah. So, <laughs> so after a couple of days, we've had reports from Jason Trier at Bloomberg, who's saying that he has documented evidence that he can't share because obviously that puts you know, um, that puts Taylor in it, like uh, in a rather poor light, mentioning that all this uh, kind of other stuff to do with her and all of the, um all of the documentation that he's saying that he has is basically he's saying that what he's got in front of him um, is mentioning that she was actually offered 15,000 to do the game. Um, Not not 4,000 like she was as required. (laughs) She was offered 15,000 to do the game. Um, She basically got greedy and asked for triple figures. And amongst other things, you know, she was apparently scheduled to do something else and, 
and wanted Platinum Games to wait for her, basically, but they didn't want to wait. So she basically tried to bite off more than she could chew and then was effectively asked not to come back. Um, Then they recast Bayonetta and then offered to have Helena back to appear as a cameo for $4,000 for one session of recording. To which he recorded this to Twitter as a a whole woe is me, I've, I've not been treated fairly kind of thing. And I mean, for any of you that have watched those videos, it is incredibly cringeworthy. It's it's hard to watch. Um, uh, it, it is just watching somebody who is obviously hurting and they're suffering and they're getting desperate. Um, but look, don't get me wrong. Um, it, it must hurt to be pushed to the side and recast when you have put a great deal of energy into portraying, portraying a character um, that you love to play, um, but to outwardly like shit on the other actor that has taken your place, it, it is not okay. It? She's basically, um, and I'll, I'll get to it. You know, okay. she's she sort of she shames all of the other creatives basically by you know who have worked tirelessly on this game, and furthermore insults like the entire industry of creatives that put these games together. I don't think it's okay um, to publicly. You, you, you've shifted your your yeah no view very quickly. to publicly ask for people to desert the game because you are not in it is petty. Um, and if she was offered only four thousand dollars to voice the full games, the main character, I obviously don't think that's the money I'd take. But to reiterate what I said last week, this is the most unprofessional way you could possibly go about this. Um, you know. The the whole thing of what she was saying on this video is that um, basically Jennifer Hale does not deserve to say that she is the voice of Bayonetta because it is a character that I created and it is a character that I developed. Now, um, I'll get to this in another sec um, because it's, it's, it's not only coming out from one source, it's being backed up by multiple sources that Taylor is basically leaving out big portions of this story. Um, to basically create a spin on it that makes people feel sorry for her. But after seeing those videos she put up, and uh, again, it, she just looks like an ex-girlfriend who's sad that she was dumped and she just comes across as desperate and and like she's just shitting on Platinum Games because it makes her feel better. Wow. Um, but I stand by <laughs> <laughs> what I said last week in the context of the truthful situation like Casey just mentioned a second ago. 4,000 is not enough for a full game as a main character. I really don't think it is. But I just want to, just to the DG crew and for the, any of our listeners, all two of you, um, that I, I want to apologize for bringing this new story up last week um, and and putting it in the same light that, you know, I I did last week that Helena Taylor was obviously telling the truth. I feel like I reported a little bit biased towards her story, which was basically all hearsay. And I feel like that even though I'm not a reporter, I'm not somebody that gets up here every week and says you know, outlandish things like I know this information is real. I, I present it as as funny and fanciful most of the time, but I still <laughs> I still feel like I didn't wait for the full story and to, to basically comment it prop- on it properly like I am now, and I feel a little bit silly. Um, well, so Simon, just- Simon, just just sorry to interrupt you, but uh, we did get some uh, some listener feedback after the la- the last episode, uh, so. <laughs> Uh, one of our listeners that resides oh, no. over in the the US uh, did send us some commentary and it was 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 specifically talking about uh, about your your news coverage of the Bayonetta saga and uh, this is what he had to say. It's all fake news. It's phony stuff. 
It didn't happen. <laughs> mm. Oh shit! And but uh, I've got yeah. these. Um, I've got this last sentiment to kind of end on. Um, so to the players out there, if you like a game franchise and it brings you joy, and the profits don't go to the Nazis or to sex offenders, fucking pay for it <laughs> and play it. To the creatives out there and the creator of Bayonetta, thank you for working tirelessly for the years just to produce something that you love and for creating something for us to play as people. Um, Not that I play it because I don't really give a shit about the franchise, but regardless, thank you for your input into the industry um, that we all love. You know, all of us here love this industry. And I think that it's people that are creating new characters and new experiences for us that we ought to raise up a little bit. And to Helena Taylor, you didn't create Bayonetta. Platinum Games did. You merely voiced her. In the same way that Mark Hamill voiced the Joker, he made the Joker iconic, but he didn't fucking create him. And mm. the old and the unfortunate nature of acting and and voice acting alike is that these characters are for people to own while they play them. Once the curtains close, once the performance finishes, and your job ends, you should be looking for what's next, not lamenting what isn't anymore. So suck on that big fat one, Helena. Girl out. <laughs> Wow. Oh, I smell bitch in here. Mm. <laughs> and for the for those who are interested in this game in the series, it's out on the twenty eighth of October, so in a week's oh. time on the Switch. So if you're hanging out for it one, there is the date and the release date. Oh, Excellent. I thought it was just getting made because they're voicing. Is this what this whole thing's about? Well, no, it well, is because but... a trailer came out for it not long ago where the voice was different. Oh, right. Okay, right. Okay, cool. Mm. Yeah. But yeah. So the whole thing is basically, I guess you could say, it's a pineapple nightmare, isn't it? It's a <laughs> pineapple nightmare. Bazinga. Well, thank you, Simon, for that story on the <laughs> ongoing Bayonetta saga. Uh, now we're going to throw over to C-Mac for some first impressions on a little Ubisoft title. A little Ubisoft title. Yes, this is Mario and Rabbids Sparks of Hope, which actually came out yesterday, which we went and grabbed. So it's a very, 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 very early first impressions as we've played all of probably two to three hours of it. So, um, yeah, it came out yesterday. Um and Simon, you know, knows it as Ubisoft's only good game since Assassin's Creed 2, as he said. Um, <laughs> yeah. Doesn't let us forget, ever. Oh, Mario. So, you know, let's go. Um, so, yeah, we've only just started our journey on this game, but it, it already is presenting itself better than the original one that came out. Um, mm. Mario and Rabbids. Kingdom Battle, everyone. Kingdom Battle. It's all right. I remember the titles of games. That's why she married me. Yep. So only reason. um, (laughs) Only reason. That's it. Not for my good looks. That's for sure. Anyway, um, so yeah, we we can see there is a small contained areas that the small contained areas are opened up to larger, more like world maps now. So you can walk around, and there's much more to do in the sort of what do you call lobby before you go into the battles, which is much more exciting. The battle system's been a bit revamped. There's it's really refreshing. It sort of retains the original strategy battle routes, but with now the addition that you can move freely around the map within a certain space. So it helps it make it feel like Simon keeps saying, a bit less like XCOM and more like 
its own game now. So mm-hmm. instead of, you know, you just do a, you have to do a move where you have to jump, you know, go in a straight line to go behind and hide behind a rock, you have freedom to move around a specific lit up area. So it's really cool. It's really funny as well. Um, Rabid Peach is just, just steals the show with her signature Gen Y catchphrases and just vanity. You know, what did she, what did she say? Had what's the catchphrase oh, it's been real no but how does she say it? it's been real it's been real she finishes she finishes a, a battle she goes, it's been real <laughs> right after she killed the last guy <laughs> But yeah, there just appears to be so many like side missions and story missions, not just battles, but it is mainly battles. But you know, you got some fetch quests there, some you know, some of the iconic Mario's red coin collections that you know you collect Mm. all the red coins in a certain amount of time, and you get a like a treasure chest after it. And there's like a heap of content to the game, and battles vary from having to defeat all enemies to having to just reach a goal at the end. So it's not just all sort of oh, here we go again, we've just got to kill everyone. Like, if there's really tricky enemies and the goal is to reach the end of the map, you you just try and run there as fast as you can and not get killed. So, anyway, for what it is, it's really fun. We're really enjoying it. And, yeah, we can't wait to keep playing more of it, can we? I'm so excited to keep playing more of this game. I just can't believe that I'm playing a Ubisoft game (laughs) that doesn't suck complete and utter Large colon. Wow. Large intestine. <laughs> Emotional damage. Simo's gonna, I mean, he's taking JB, back everything bad he said about one. Ubisoft. No, you've got to play the first one, JB, <laughs> because being a fan of XCOM, you would froth on it. It is such a, a great game, and it does what um, XCOM did, but it does it very well and obviously fits it within that universe. There's a lot of tactical aspects to it, and like um, I've been telling casey i like how this one just deviates from it a bit and it's enough that makes it feel like as a sequel it can stand on its own but actually kind of i'm i'm enjoying this already more than the first one it Mm. feels less like a kind of a board game like a um structured board game sort of more more like a mario game it's sort of very fluid between the two now yeah. which is it's fun yeah and i'm getting all these like obviously the the sort of the tone of this game is fitted really well within mario galaxy so it's got that grand vibe about it but i also like that there are seemingly a lot more original characters being brought into the mix which is really nice so it feels almost like the originality that we would see in um you know the original paper mario game or something like that there's just a good variety of characters and it's... really encourage you guys to to give it a go it's, yeah it's, been, it it, it's a fun it's a fun game it's really good it is really really yeah. good well that the is... general public seems to agree with you it's got an 86 on uh, metacritic so uh wow. it's uh it's right up there it's it's certainly um a game that you know, a lot of the critics are, are rating very, very positively. Um, yeah. It hasn't got any negative ratings. It's It's got 82 positive ratings and three mixed ratings. So, um, yeah, cool. Yeah, it's uh, it's doing very, very well for mm. uh, for, a, for a game. Yeah. What am I looking at here? Nine, IGN 9, nine game spot, nine game former, 90 press starts. So... Yeah, you know, when you're getting getting mm. on the other on the higher side of eighty five, you're in the uh, great video game must play category at that point. So yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Would you say this one is a must play, Casey? 
<laughs> from the three hours? Yeah, sure. <laughs> okay, well, you heard it from Casey. It's a uh, it's a DG uh, gamer must must, must play, play uh, descending gamer. How many how many descending gamers out of ten are we giving uh, Mario and Rabbids <laughs> sparks of hope? Oh yeah, oh I guess yeah, eight and a half. How do you even review a, a game Fuck, after and a half. two hours? <laughs> <laughs> Shut it down. Wow. Fuck. And that, and that 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 extra that I took off that extra I took off was just purely because there's no music in it at the moment. But Simon thinks no, it's no, coming. No, no. But there was a bit as well. See, we have the telly turned down really low, um, <laughs> and unfortunately, uh, our friends at Ubisoft still don't know how to sound mix a fucking game. So, um... well, hang hang on. <laughs> Emotional damage. So you got fucking Super Mario sitting here going, yeah, and the music's just like. Gold, please. It's, yeah, it's just like there is music in there, but it is extra quiet, you know, just so it doesn't set a mood. But... <laughs> yeah, you'd, you'd hate for the game to be atmospheric in any way. Um, oh, no, yeah. I mean, there is lots of wind blowing, so that is a plus. I do like the wind blowing in a game. It makes me feel like I'm really there. And rain. And rain. There is rain also. There you go. Seriously, though, this is it's a good game. I shouldn't be too harsh about it. It's just because it's that little bit of it being a Ubisoft game that makes me just <laughs> I have to say something bad about it. Uh, yeah. Anyway. What the hell you say? I raised the donut. Uh, <laughs> all right, Mario and Rabbids. Well, that's that's really great. Uh, I will have to have a look at it. I think. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm uh, like interested a good one to for see the, for the whole family as well. Yeah, maybe maybe that'll be one for the for the kids to uh, get in on. The other one. Yeah. Is that co- is there co op or is it single player? Only. Uh, there are there in the first one. There were certain areas where you could play co-op. There was like a two-player mode, but I think this one does away with a two-player mode to just focus on it being a, a single-player experience. And I think that, I mean, I think it's for the better. To be honest with you, I think two-player in games like that gets a little bit muddy. So, mm. um, yeah. yeah, yeah, play cool. it by yourself. You know what they say: you want a job right, you got to do it yourself. That's it. Otherwise, it's a pineapple nightmare. <laughs> it certainly is a pineapple nightmare. You've heard it here first. Simo uh, says, play with yourself. All right. Uh, wow. That's. Uh, hey, listen. Uh, all right. Let's uh, let's jump into our patented novelty segment for this week, uh, which is what blockbuster game haven't you played and why? And so, I hope you don't mind, but I'm going to go straight to you, Casey. Uh, would you like to kick things off for us this week? Yes, with, thank you. Uh, Get me out of the way. Clearly. What, uh, what blockbuster <laughs> haven't you played and why? Would you call this a blockbuster? I haven't played, well, Spider-Man. Well, okay. Um, 
and that, uh, is that what's the Spider Man? Spider Man, just Spider Man. Marvel Spider Man for the PlayStation Four slash PlayStation Five remaster. Yeah, we got it, and I'm kind of lying. We played <clears throat> small amount, and I can't, couldn't stand it, and I don't understand the hype about it. It was boring, and I really hated it. Okay, well, I will send you to Jesus. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Everyone was carrying on about how amazing this game was, and I tried. I gave it a go as much as I could, but it was just so samey samey, and I couldn't do it. And I'm sorry, everyone that likes that game, but it's not good. Um, and Elden Ring. If my brother mm. tells me one more time to wow. play joel's favorite game elden ring i'm gonna lose my mind because he doesn't stop telling me it's the most amazing game i have to play it i, I don't have any interest in it and after joel's amazing review about it i don't want to play it even more yeah i mean i'm i'm hearing a lot of people saying that elden ring is the contender for game of the year uh i'm thinking <laughs> look i think i think that it's a game that appeals to certain players that that like that that sort of uh that's exactly right. souls like you know genre um it's not not for me um i yeah i mean well i i liked it so much i sold it to you Ferg. so i mean that uh had a reduced price yeah uh, so i tried to cut my losses in some some respects um, and I don't regret it, so you know. I almost, we almost caved. I almost caved and got it. We, we were so close, and then yeah, I think you looked at a review online, Simon, and it's it just so overpowered the whole thing, and, and we just no. Nah. I just thought to myself, um, I I like playing challenging games where I feel like I'm in control, and I saw somebody play it online where they were like, oh, I just fell down this thing. Why did that happen? Oh, now I'm dead. Oh, I just, oh, where did that thing come from? Now I'm dead. And I was just kind of like, that doesn't appeal to me. You know, like a game like Cuphead where I'm in control and I can I can see the challenge right in front of me and I know how to navigate it and it's quick and snappy and it's responsive. Yes, I like that. This is mm. something that... I just think there must, be, there must be something to it that it was, it's been so popular that I just, but I, I don't see it and I don't really, don't really care. Well, it's like BDSM, isn't it? Everybody likes Fifty Shades of Grey, but I don't want somebody whipping my butt. <laughs> yes, you know you don't want you someone uh, ramming a, a cat of nine tails up Uranus, uh, you know, no. uh, a Christian Grey style. So, uh, well, uh, you know, oh, there you go. Wrong, bitch. Uh, all right. <laughs> what about uh, you? Are a big fan of the Spider Man series, JB? Well, look, I we? I, Miles I played Morales. Miles Morales and. You know, I think because Miles Morales was essentially a launch title on PS5, it was easy to sort of get caught up in the hype of it a bit. And the Miles Morales did come with the the updated graphics. So it was the first game that I had seen on the next gen that had the ray tracing and you know all the 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 graphical enhancements that just weren't there for the previous mm-hmm. generation. So it looked really amazing. Um, it was fun for for a lot of it. Um, I never actually finished it. I, similar to Casey, I sort of got bored after a while and mm. just sort of moved on. Um, you know, there's only so many times I can I can go to another base full of enemies and you know go in yeah. there stealthily and and web them up and 
you know, then throw this lever to turn this thing on and, you know, it it does yeah. become super repetitive. So That's exactly right. I think look, nothing against Insomniac who make really great games and certainly um I I really loved the Ratchet and Clank um Yeah. You know, Rift Apart uh, that they brought out. Um, that was an amazing game. But, yeah, I, I think the Spider-Man and the Miles Morales mm. just left a little bit to, to be desired, in my opinion. Mm. And hopefully that same sort of uh, opinion doesn't come through mm. in their Wolverine game that they're working on. Working on. Um, you know, it'd be good to see see that sort of change up the formula a little bit. Yeah, for sure. I think I was telling the story last week. The day that I got my PS5, I downloaded three games. I downloaded Stray. God of War and Spider-Man. And God of War and Spider-Man, I haven't got around to playing yet, but I'm sure I will at some stage because I actually really like Spider-Man. But, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what I think. Um, and as you yeah. said, you've sold me a cheap copy of Elden Ring, and I've got mm. lots <laughs> of thoughts on that game, but I might save them for later. I don't okay, want to derail well. the uh, novelty segment for this week. <laughs> so, uh, Simon, what game haven't you played and why? Mm. Everyone's played this game. I reckon anyone with a pulse has played this game. Um, a baby would have been born yesterday and it's, it's played it. <laughs> uh, I have merely watched probably two hours of it. Um, when you started playing it, JB, and yep. I want to say, I want to say it was where you're living now, but it might have been. Why does that stretch. matter? No, I'm no. I'm just trying to put the pieces together. I had this, this particular title on PlayStation 3 and... Uh, this uh, mm. predates where I'm living now. So, Came out it's, 2011, yeah. this game. Yeah, yeah, it did. It's over 10 years old. So, yeah, the game in question is um, it's it's Elder Scrolls. I want to say it's number five or whatever it is Skyrim. Mm. And then I'd like to know how my balls <laughs> taste. <laughs> wow. Um, look, wow. Uh, well, I'm shook, Simon. And, and I'm obviously, shook. everyone <laughs> is familiar with the, the dragonborn uh, shouts. Uh, Let's do right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what a classic. Yeah. Uh, oh, man, that yes. was loud. <laughs> but there is a lot more shame that comes to this story, and I have to I have to come clean about oh, something. Oh, no. All right, oh, let's no. let's let's ring the shame bell. Shame! <laughs> what have you got? Ugh, as a lot of you know, I used to spend a lot of my time working in kitchens, and in order to fit in, um, when the topic of Skyrim came up, I would tell people that I had played it what? and piggyback <laughs> off the fact that Joel played it to try and get in on a lot of the uh, sort of the commentary of the game. So oh, a lot of no. people like, yeah, Dragonborn, something this. And I'd be like, yeah, yeah, just a rat. You are right? fake news. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, I basically lie to people about playing it because I was afraid of their response and, um, you know, of them saying to me, like, why haven't you played this? Are you some kind of big fucker dicker or something? <laughs> and I just, a big I didn't want that dicker. title. Okay. Fucker uh, dicker. Yeah. It's a thing that, I don't know, something probably uses in The Sims 5. But, um, I just basically, <laughs> I haven't played it. It doesn't really 
it doesn't really appeal to me the the Bethesda super gigantic open world anything is possible games um, that have come out twelve times. The reason being is that I think that uh, the thing that bothers me about a lot of these games is all the dialogue. Like having to, I'm going to select to this guy. Oh no, I don't have coin. And then he goes, Ah, no coin. Uh, something yeah. else. Go get more it for gold me. is required. That stuff. Yeah, <laughs> I, I just don't. It doesn't. It just bores me to to tears. And I get that there is uh, so much in in those worlds that have been built that is exciting and great. But I feel like with a lot of these big games, it almost is like a full time job just to sit down and actually feel like you're being immersed in it. And I mean, if I had a lot more time and the, I'd probably have a go at it, but I just want to play experiences that grab me and take me somewhere and tell me a story that's cohesive and that I don't have to kind of fight hard to to understand. And it just doesn't appeal to me. I'll probably never play Skyrim and I know that it hurts everyone, but I'm going to tell you again, here's a bonus one for you. I've never played Fallout either. Yeah, I was just about to, I was just about oh, to ask you no. that question. Simon, if I played, played about an hour and a half of Fallout 4. I yeah. died about six times to a death claw, and then I War. finally killed it. War never changes. <laughs> and I was like, that's good. I'm done. I don't have to play the rest of this game. I've killed the big bad wolf. <laughs> yeah, I'm I was... ready to... I... Yes. Maybe you just don't oh, like so. Bethesda games. Well, I was gonna, I was gonna follow up with a question, no. Steely, and ask you if you'd played them. But they're all, they're very, you know, they're obviously different worlds, different stories, mm. but they're very similar in their vein and the mm. way their storytelling. Mm. And it's big open ended world for you to explore. And if you're not gonna like Fallout, you're probably not gonna like Elder, Elder Scrolls, and vice versa. But um, mm. yeah. Well, I used to be an adventurer like you, and I took an arrow in the knee. <laughs> I think I'm with JB on this one. I think uh, Elder Scrolls and probably Fallout 3 and um, New Vegas, maybe not Fallout 4. They're, they're top 10 games for me, easily. I love them. And that's the but, thing. I really want to like these games. I just, I, you know, because people say that you should, but I, you know, just haven't. Yeah. That's well, what makes the world of gamers so great. We've all got different opinions and we have different likes and... Not, not a good that... reason to like a game just because people tell you you should. I yeah, think. absolutely. Well, Simon doesn't if like. It... Simon's never played Sims either, so he has no oh. commentary on that. If you're not into Fuck it, if you're not into it. Just well, that's like what I'm Maxis. saying. You should be able to do Simo, but uh, you know, <laughs> get writing in. Get writing in, JB. Oh, they might listen. <laughs> Here we go again. Yeah. All right. Well, we can we can only hope that uh, there's some. Uh, Maybe Starfield will be there. there. <laughs> oh, I don't know. I've seen I'd... some more gameplay footage of Starfield, and that that kind of looks like more of the same, um, mm. in a good way. But uh, <clears throat> I don't know. There was going to be a lot of dialogue heavy that one. So mm. if that was uh, something that you didn't enjoy about the other Bethesda games. Oh, yeah, it's maybe just not like, Starfield. It bugged me. It bugged me in Horizon Zero Dawn as well. With like, there's a hundred things I can ask a guy, but there's next to no point in me doing it unless I really care. You know, it's just like, oh, my brother was a part of the Peace Corps. His ass was imploded. And then he finally <laughs> found his wife and she didn't want to be with him anymore because his dick went into his abs. Oh, and it's like, oh, what, what else should I ask them? You know, <laughs> like, enough. Oh, and where, where's the gold now? It's buried over there. You know, I, I just don't care. I care about these people. 
Find my son. He's in the field. He's dying of blood loss. And I don't want to go out there because there's a bear and I'm not equipped with a knife. Simon, mm. your turn is done. Yeah. <laughs> Last question for Steely. Did you play The Witcher or any of The Witcher games? I... We played half. No, he's got a problem yeah. with CD Projekt Red as well. well yeah. yeah. No, but I I started The Witcher and I really you enjoyed really liked playing The Witcher. But mm. and then, you know, it was at a similar time to when we started playing The Witcher and then it was like Horizon came out and, um, and Breath of the Wild came out and I kind of just lost track of it. It's not yeah. something that I, I... I want to play The Witcher 3. I just haven't really gotten around to it properly. Yet. Yeah. And I, but I appreciate that world. I really love that. Um, that might be I a, like a third person game as well. It might be a top 10 for me as well. I got a lot of top 10s, mm. I think. And let's call everything a top 10. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, there you go. Well, uh, I'm, I'm going to throw mine mine out there now. And uh, I, what I'm going to talk about this, this is a game that uh, I've heard a lot about, uh, particularly uh, on other PlayStation themed podcasts that I listen to where. People have been obviously fans of PlayStation for a lot longer than myself, um, but I have never played any of the Metal Gear Solid games. Now, and again, people people go on and on. So obviously, uh, Metal Gear Solid, uh, for those who don't know, is a stealth game developed by Konami and released for the PlayStation in 1998. So this is the first one. Mm. It was directed, produced, and written by a legendary game developer and director Hideo Kojima, who uh, we know from his uh, most recent uh, game, uh, which was, Simon? Uh, PT, the demo. Death Stranding uh, on that one, exactly. <laughs> well done, mate. Uh, that was, oh, uh, darn it. Uh, yeah, Death Stranding. Um, or so, otherwise known as Courier Simulator 6. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, it... Uh, all right, so let me, let me say. So players control Solid Snake, a soldier who infiltrates a nuclear weapons facility to neutralise the terrorist threat from Foxhound, a renegade special forces unit. Now, Snake must liberate hostages and stop the terrorists from launching a nuclear strike. Uh, Cinematic cutscenes were rendered using the in-game engine and graphics, and voice acting is used throughout. Metal Gear Solid sold more than 7 million copies worldwide and shipped 12 million demos. It scored an average of 94 out of 100 on the aggregate website Metacritic. It is regarded as one of the greatest and most important video games of all time and helped popularise uh, the stealth genre and in-game, uh, in-engine cinematic cutscenes. So that's uh, that's the summary of it. Uh, I didn't have a PlayStation when it came out uh, because at the time I drifted more towards the Nintendo 64 and then after that, the the original Xbox. So I never never played it. And then because I hadn't played that, I didn't play the sequels. And then you're in a situation where five games have been released and you haven't played any of them because you're worried you won't understand the story without having played the previous titles. So mm-hmm. that's kind of where I'm at now. I've heard people talk about, you know, oh, Metal Gear Solid Five is amazing. You should play it. It's one of the best games. There's, you know... I just don't see myself going back to it now. Um, I think 
too much water's uh, gone under the bridge. Uh, Kojima's not even at Konami anymore. He uh, famously had a had a huge falling out with them. It's unlikely he's ever going to work on another Metal Gear Solid game. And most people are of the belief that without Kojima, um, it wouldn't be a true Metal Gear Solid game. So I, I say that's probably where that uh, franchise ends up unless uh, Konami sell the rights to it to uh, Kojima Productions. But I don't know. Uh, depends uh, what we <laughs> think. Jeez, the... Uh, we'll see you next week. Yeah, the bloody <laughs> outro music's cut in. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, uh, that's... that's uh, uh, that's it for me. I, no, no Metal Gear Solid. It's a good point. I mean, we've talked about that previously. There are franchises that have been around for so long and there's so many games in the series that, you, you know, Final Fantasy is another classic example. If you've yeah. never played those games, you always feel like, well, where the hell do I start? Like, if I start at number seven of however many that are out, am I just missing a whole stack of the story? Um, it gets a bit tricky the longer that a series goes on. And like you said, when the first game came out, was that 99? So we're talking over 20, we're closing on 25 years of of that game and how long it's been out for. Yeah, it's mm. sometimes a bit overwhelming to think, you know, where do I actually start? So, yeah. I think a good thing to do with games like this when you don't know where to start with them, I mean, something that I like to do is hop onto YouTube and just find a, you know, um, the series in five minutes wrapped up like and it tells you all the kind of important mm. stuff you need to know before you go and you take off on the newest game because you don't want to go back and play like a PlayStation 1 game and, and deal with all the the fun things that you have to deal with on, on a PlayStation 1 game. You want to like, we did the same thing when we started playing Metal Gear Solid 5. And I mean, that game, their games are confusing enough as it is. But if, if you go back and you just see a little bit about what the story is, you understand where the story fits a little bit more, it instantly becomes more enjoyable. And I mean, what I really love about Metal Gear Solid Five is that, uh, not that I've finished this game, by the way, I've only played up to a certain point again, but what I really enjoyed about it is just the way Kojima was telling the story in that game. It was incredibly immersive. There was a great amount of mystery behind it. The opening to that game is absolutely unreal and i mean it's got it's full of david bowie references so i'm obsessed with it but um just the way that uh, snake falls off the bed at the start and you got to crawl through all this stuff and people are coming after you and then some supernatural shit happens i mean it is a i, I can see why there's an appeal with these games but mm. i'm i know what you mean when it's it does become overwhelming when there's so many in a franchise like what are you to do like how are you going to get invested in this and really start to enjoy it but the gameplay is compelling enough as well that I, I still think it's worth a play, especially because I think it is free on the on the PlayStation um, PS Plus subscription, something or other. Okay, yeah, plus sure. now, plus free, plus whatever. All right, Give it a crack. Yeah. yeah, I might have a look. Yeah, might have a look. Yeah, another game series I haven't played either, JB. So you're not the only one. Um, obviously, you've been spending a lot of time playing with my own snake. And not as solid snake. Okay. <laughs> Zing. Well, on that note, uh, what uh, aside from uh, your own snake, uh, what uh, what isn't haven't your you... own snake a solid snake as well? Fred? Yeah. No, saying. I was I was referring to Snake Two. Okay. On the Nokia thirty three ten. Brilliant. Uh, uh, <laughs> so uh, yeah, what uh, what what haven't you played? All right. So there's been quite a few 
iconic series of games which I haven't played. Um, I'll bore everyone with the history of my gaming. I know I've talked about it before, but I cut my teeth. My intro to gaming back in the 90s was on PC playing, you know, first-person shooters like Doom and um, Castle, Return to Castle, Wolfenstein. In the late 90s, I got my first console, which was the Nintendo 64. And then for a period of about 20 years, from the year 2000 up until 2020, I owned xbox microsoft systems so the xbox original the 360 the xbox one and it wasn't until 2019 or 18 i think it was i bought my very first playstation the ps4 and so if you're reading between the lines there's about 20 years of playstation where i didn't play some of the most iconic playstation releases during that time so i'm going to rattle a few off them a couple i've already mentioned on the show previously never played the last of us one and or two (laughs) i have never played a god of war game and i haven't played the uh, critically acclaimed 2018 god of war game i've never played gran turismo Probably the one that probably stings the worst because I've really wanted to play this game and I think it's really in my wheelhouse as far as a franchise that I think that I've enjoyed, I uh, would enjoy. And it's I've never played an Uncharted game. Oh. Now, some wow. reasons wow. I have I have the ability to play all of them now. I never have. Last of Us one and two. I think same with Metal Gear Solid. Probably not a huge stealth guy don't really like the sort of slow sneaking around so i think that sort of aspect of the last of us sort of put me off a little bit i didn't really want to be scared like creeping around clickers and stuff like that um fair enough god of war i just i'm not too sure i just haven't got to doing it it's again a game that i really want to gran turismo like i said not a huge racing guy but i've always been playing you know the forza the microsoft xbox equivalents and yeah Uncharted, I don't really have a good reason why I haven't played that game, probably just time. So I'm really looking forward to... I probably won't go back and play the one, two, and the three. I think I'll just kick off with number four at some point. No, 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 Pretty much. In you English, you need yeah, to play back. those games from the start. Now, and they, now, they look good. You can get they them. They still yeah. look pretty decent. I think, yeah, the, do it. I think the conundrum is, though, I no don't conundrum. think unless I buy the deluxe or the premium tier, whatever it is, Australia, I get access. I will lend it to you. you. Oh, we'll give it to you Let's with get old my school. own blood. I'll give it to no you from blood. my own hands. No Keep your blood. I'll take your disc. I'll you. Nice. <laughs> I'll clean the disc with my own take it, take it balls. <laughs> yes. We'll take it then. We'll yeah. Oh, well. Deal. We'll do Done. it. Just time, I think, will be okay. the thing. Getting Find around it. to playing that one. So, But, yeah, I know these are great games. I just... Time, it's just, yeah. Mm. There's only... Gets a, away from us all. It does. It does. Time! And uh, <laughs> speaking of time getting away from us all, that is all the time we have for this week on the Discerning Gamer podcast. So uh, I'd like to thank the DG crew. Thank you, Fergus Fergamon Hamilton. Thanks, JB. And before we go, do we have... Can I have a th- 60 minutes of everyone's time? Go. You go know, I'm the man of the people, and if you've made it this far listening to the podcast, <laughs> you haven't 
up and left and found something better to listen to, I've got a treat for you. Currently, to celebrate the 25th anniversary of Fallout, on the Epic Game Store, you can pick up Fallout 3, the Game of the Year edition for absolutely nothing. So starting on the 20th, which is yesterday, running for the next week, you can get that game for nothing. Bring free game. The bargains. The bargain free, free game. And also, if you want to get old school and pick up the first games, so Fallout 1, Fallout 2, as well as Fallout Tactics, they're 75% off until the 1st of November. So, Sweet Jesus. My thoughts exactly. <laughs> Do yourself a favor. If you haven't played those games, go and check them out. Thanks, Joel. That's all I had to say. No worries. Well, uh, thank <laughs> you. <laughs> thank you, Fergus. Fergamon Hamilton. Always a pleasure, mate. Uh, thank you, Simon Steely McLaughlin. Thank you so much, JB, for having me. And a little bit, I've got a public service announcement too. <laughs> it's um, $2 off at Dildos at Sexyland this weekend <laughs> only. Um, can't put them into your Sims game, but you can put them into your bum. Oh, my <laughs> God. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> And if you're nose, if you've got a big nose, you pull them in, you pull them in oh, your nose up. as well. And uh, last but not least, uh, Casey oh, C Mac Pistol Pete <laughs> McLaughlin. Thank you, Casey. That bullet just went straight into Simon's head. I'm still here. <laughs> no, I'm still alive. And if you want to get in touch with us, you can hit us up on the socials, send us an email, and we'll see you next week. I'd really love someone to send me their favourite naked drawing of me um, because I just want to put it up in my spare room. Bye. Please and thank you. Bye. Mate.